InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. It can be tough to succeed in America without knowing how to speak English. Yet millions of immigrants, mostly Spanish-speaking, struggle to learn or just give up. Some say employers may have the answer. With the story, here's InfoTrack's Taryn McCall. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. One of the sticking points in the immigration debate is the English language, and that is one point that's sure to be included in any immigration reform package. Marisa Trevino writes the blog Latina Lista, and she joins us now on InfoTrack. We're specifically talking here about immigration from Spanish-speaking countries, and many experts say there's some pretty big barriers that immigrants must overcome to learn English. Tell us what you believe the biggest hurdles are. First of all, a lot of these immigrants work two, three jobs, plus they have family responsibilities. Just as any person, I mean, trying to find an extra hour of the day to sit in a class somewhere is a very tiring thought. That can be a big deterrent in trying to sign up for an English class somewhere. Secondly, a lot of people feel if they don't speak the language or they don't know how to pronounce it, they have a sense of embarrassment. And basically, from my experience, I see that happen a lot with the women. They're afraid to say a word wrong or mispronounce a word. They would rather not speak it than speak it badly. But the biggest hurdle is trying to change this perception that immigrants don't want to learn English. They definitely do. I mean, we've seen it anecdotally across the country with ESL classes. You're speaking about English as a second language classes? Yes, that are either offered by the state or by local churches, community college. The demand is so great that it's overwhelming all of these outlets who have traditionally offered these classes. And so we're seeing waiting lists that stretch into the next year. We're seeing waiting lists that have been abolished by some of these groups because they just don't see the point in having people hanging on for so long. And so right now, that's the biggest misperception of this group. Has any research been done to study the effect the children of immigrants might have? If the kids are learning English in school, are they not also able to teach their parents by speaking it in the home, too? That's how my immigrant grandparents learned English, and I'm sure a lot of people of that generation did. Exactly. I mean, and that also happened within my own family. My mother and all of her brothers and sisters were the ones that learned English first and were able to pass that on to her parents. But what we found is, and maybe because there is such a great number of particularly Spanish speakers in the United States, and we have communities where really English is not needed. If you live in these communities, if you don't venture out, your use of English is very limited because within your own community, everybody speaks Spanish. And what happens is a lot of the parents When they do need English spoken, it's for very specific reasons, like interaction with educators, you know, at their children's school or with the utility companies and so forth. And so they rely on their children to do the interpretation for them. What studies have been done regarding this is that the children develop an advantage over the parents 
And so a lot of the times, the children really aren't teaching the parents anything. They are their interpreters. Things like that are what kind of inhibit the growth of English in the home, especially when the children figure out that they can use it to their advantage. We're talking with Marisa Trevino of the blog Latina Lista. Marisa, some critics say many companies that sell goods and services have actually made the problem worse by specifically catering to non-English speakers, which makes it easier to get by without ever learning the language. What are your thoughts on that? It's a mixed bag for me. I definitely see that argument. You know, I do have a problem like with some of the programming that Univision and Telemundo airs because they're drawing all their content from Mexico and South America. And that programming still reflects a way of life or attitude that we don't really want in the United States. We really would like for it to be a fresh start in terms of abolishing the machismo element of the culture, having women treated equally, you know, no domestic violence and all of this. In terms of keeping it in Spanish versus English, keeping it in Spanish is important simply because we are so close. Mexico is right across the border. We are so close to South America that we do need to keep up the language skills to remember how to communicate in the native language. For that respect, I think Spanish media has a very important role in playing to that. But I also think it has a shelf life in terms of just how long each generation is going to keep up the language. I mean, we see in third generations that they may know basic words, but they don't speak it fluently. And English definitely is important. It's important for the advancement of everybody in the society. But I think once it becomes written into law, you know, that English must be learned for a citizenship exam or whatever, definitely we'll see a bigger push for people learning English. Let's talk about what is a fairly innovative idea, giving employers an incentive to help employees learn English. What kind of things can employers do to help their workers this way? Oh, I can remember a local restaurant owner telling me that a lot of his kitchen help and table help, they were all Spanish speakers. And the only thing holding them back from advancing into management was that they didn't know English. And this was about six, seven years ago. He partnered with the local junior college and they televised classes into the restaurant during the off-peak hours. His staff, who uh, were taking the classes, were able to sit down for an hour, two hours, and watch these classes that were being televised in from the colleges. And they did very well. He introduced me to a couple of the employees who the previous year knew absolutely no English. And through those classes, had learned enough to be promoted into managerial positions at different restaurants. And so there are ways to help the employees learn English. I mean, it's not going to always be convenient, and it's not always going to be easy, but it's up to the employer, him or herself, as to how an efficient staff they want. But in terms of what other incentives to give employers, I mean, I think the biggest incentive is 
that they have a staff that can communicate with their customers and can represent the business to the customers well should be an incentive enough, giving incentives to businesses such as a tax break to teach English. I mean, there are some businesses that need that extra push to make it look more attractive to them because it is going to be extra work that probably nobody wants to do, but it's going to be necessary if they want to keep their workforce, their labor force. Marisa, do you have websites that you can refer our listeners to to read more about this issue and join in the conversation? Well, I'm always talking about English as a second language or the plight of immigrants on my own blog, Latina, L-A-T-I-N-A, L-I-S-T-A dot net. There really are a host of other blogs out there. I think all you have to do is Google Latino blogs and see that people are discussing this issue along with other issues that will be brought up when immigration reform is passed. Thank you so much for being with us today on InfoTrack. Thank you for having me. I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. Next, if you use email, watch out. There's a new spam scam, and we'll have the details on how to avoid it. Coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.